Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Good Thanks, to be David. Here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us see what we're to see and hear what we're to hear? All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for choosing us, for delighting in us, for desiring us, especially in, uh, in times when we might not feel so chosen, delighted in, and desired. Uh, thank you. Please, Lord, open our hearts. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please enlighten our minds, enliven our hearts. Give us the courage to live the gospel, not just to have it contained within within mass, but for it to pour forth from there into our lives and into every single person that we come in contact with. Please bless those who will listen to this and their families and draw us all closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? Sure. Again, it's uh, from John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 27 to 30. Jesus said... My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I love the Lord's intimacy in this first sentence. My sheep... Me For me, that means I belong to Christ. I'm his. He's my shepherd. And, and that, that intimacy that the Lord has with us, that divine intimacy, he wants to take us into the deep water. He wants to take us into that relationship with the Father. Because that ending sentence, Tom, as you read it, the Father and I are one. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ desires with all of his heart to live in us, with us, and through us, so that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in us. As St. Saint, Saint Paul says in the, in the letter to the Galatians, that's our journey, ladies and gentlemen, to be these lights in the world, to bring the love of Christ into the world, to be the change we want to see in the world. It starts with our yes. So this whole beginning sentence, my sheep, We belong to Christ. He paid the ultimate price for each of our salvations when he gave us his life as a gift. And now, and now as a Catholic, he gives and offers himself to us fully, completely, holding nothing back, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist and in the Word of God in the Scriptures that are broken open in the beginning of a Mass. We have the opportunity as Catholics every day to intimately 
experience Christ in the most profound way. The bridegroom to the bride, you and I, in that one flesh union, in a miraculous way, in the altar when we receive the Eucharist and Christ comes into us, I always say, Lord Jesus, I invite you to impregnate me with your divinity, course through my body and purge from me anything that is not of you. And then when we arm up, suit up, fill up with the Lord, it's the Lord that people meet every day. It's the eyes of the Lord that see the wounds in others and sees that little child behind the wounds. So for me, it's a journey. It's an experience. It's a great adventure. And I'm just so honored that God chose me, created me, created each of us out of love for love, to be instruments of change in the world, to be this light in the world. So, man, I give you my all in, Father. I truly, with all of my heart, fully and completely desire to be a sheep of yours, Lord Jesus. Guide me, lead me, protect me, nourish me, defend me. I'm yours. That's awesome, uh, David. When, when he says from the cross, when Jesus says from the cross, I thirst. I thirst, and you think of all of creation, and I'm sure the three of us, if we spend some time, we can we can pinpoint some beautiful things that we've seen in God's creation with the different travels and visits we've we've had, and just driving this today, you know, just mm-hmm. seeing the you know the spring blooms. I mean, God did some amazing things, but the only aspect of His creation that can quench His thirst is you and me. When we give our all in, with from our free will, without being coerced or forced, and we tell Jesus, tell the Father and the Holy Spirit that we're in, we want to be in relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. That's, that's how we can quench his thirst. And the two words that I, that I circled here, Tom, when you were reading the gospel, are the same word that, that's mentioned twice, take. Mm. So no one can take us out of Jesus' hand. No one can take us out of the Father's hand. But our Lord loves us too much to force us to stay in his hand. That's a free will choice. That's love, right? So what he did for us, the, the sacrifice he made on the cross, the, the, the pain, can imagine the physical, emotional, spiritual pain that our Lord went through. He's not half man, half God. He's fully man, fully God. So Jesus, a, a man like us, went through that pain and his human heart has a desire to love. That's what he said to, to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque when he appeared to her in France. In Paris de Monial, he showed her his heart and said, Behold this heart of mine that loves so much, but receives such little love in return. And then like a little kid in the playground, he said, to her, Will you be my friend? That's the relationship that he wants. And our response is what's going to quench his thirst. But he'll never make us stay in his hand. Right? But mm-hmm. he promises that if we give our all in, no one can take us. And that's the key, Rob, that word take, because not the enemy of the world, not not any persecutions, anything we go through, nothing, nothing can take us from the hand of our Lord, the hand of our Father. You know, we're, He's got us. But we, with our free will, can choose to walk away. You know, when we look back and Scriptures prove that out, Scriptures tell us that Judas Iscariot was counted as one of the, the saved, as one of the apostles. But he made a choice for money to walk away from our Lord. And rather than repent of his sin and say, Lord, I've sinned against you like Peter did three times, 
you know, Lord, Peter, how much do you love me? You know, the three times of I love you. Judas Iscariot chose to be self-sufficient and with devoid of love took his own life. So for me, God gives us an incredible promise, eternal life. For all eternity, we enter into that divine intimacy, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We enter into that eternal banquet with the Lord. I can't even fathom that. The Scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Man, I'm all in. But here on earth, start it now. Help me be that light and that signpost that's an invitation to everyone I meet, that they give their yes to the Lord's invitation to that eternal banquet. I hesitate to jump in here. You guys are in so deep. <laughs> but, Come on uh, in. Take, no, I, uh, it, uh, I, was, I was just caught up in what you were saying. Um, the, the first thing that occurred to me while you were um, talking, David, you talked about where we belong to Christ, you know. But the other thing that shows up in this very short passage again is is where do we come from? You know, the, we've been given to Jesus. We don't just belong to him. We've been given as a gift to him. And to your point, Rob, he, he, that's what he desires. He desires our response to him. You know, as, and as Mother Teresa so beautifully put in her prayers about I thirst, you know, she saw that as really his, you know, his love. He didn't just endure suffering. He embraced the suffering for our sake so, which makes it a sacrifice. You know, the root Latin of that word is to make holy, sacrifice, to make something holy. And he did. He made. He not only made that sacrifice, but he elevated our whole life in terms of our being able to also, like him, make sacrifices when diff- difficult things come up, when we have to suffer, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, emotional, whether it's persecution, like some of us have gone through recently. Um, it's, it's just something that we can take to another level because we follow Jesus, because we do what he did. And we can offer it to him, offer it to the Father, and, and not just endure it, but make it make it something holy, and that's our that's what he thirsts for. He thirsts for us to not only come to him, but to grow and be like him, be like him at some point. That would quench his thirst the best. But I don't always do that myself. So when we go back to this first sentence, my sheep hear my voice. You know, people say, well, how do you hear the voice of the Lord? Well, the, the key to that is. You are what you eat. You've got to ingest the word. You've got to know the word. To know the word, that word know, is a, is a deep a marital intimacy. To know the divine word by reading scriptures, by gospel reflection, by small groups, by continually consuming daily at mass that word of God both in the word and also in the Eucharist, Jesus in the Eucharist, so that you recognize the voice of the Lord is always rooted in unconditional love. It is not self-serving, it is others-centered. So, and I'll give you a perfect example with the persecution I've gone through with the Starbarn village and and, and just the, the, the vile that's come at me and the hate that's come at me. And these, that all is just a symptom of wounds, of people's wounds who have been rejected by people in the church and been hurt by family members. So for me, the Lord is continuing to use it for my own edification. And I got a notice earlier this week that one of the members that would really come at me viciously needed a surgery, needed a physical surgery. There was a serious problem, and they didn't have insurance. They didn't have money. 
So when it came to my attention, and this person thought, oh, isn't that justice? That's God's justice, right? And I responded back, let me know what the need is. And my wife and I anonymously are here to help that person in their time of need. And the person that had let us know went, you're kidding me. You've taught me something. You mean you don't have resentment? You're not glad that this is happening? I said, absolutely not. This person is in need. Right. And we're called to, number one, pray for them. But number two, also, it's not just hearers of the word. It's elsewhere in scriptures, but doers. And when the Lord prompts us to use that olive branch of love to help someone in need, you know, that's love your enemy. Love your enemy is a call to action. Love those who persecute you is a call to action. Jesus on the cross didn't say, Father, send down the angels, wipe everybody out. He's on the cross. They've nailed him to the cross. They're going to take his life in their own minds. He gave his life. But, but, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So these lessons that the Lord wants to develop in us are for our edification, our purification. So for me, we have to constantly, constantly, constantly digest that living Word of God, both in Mass and Eucharist, through the Sacrament of Reconciliation, just to make sure we stay clean, so that we're constantly purging from us the toxins of the world out of our heart. We cannot let a root of bitterness, a root of anger, a root of jealousy, a root of judgment, a root of, con- root of condemnation, of gossip, none of it can develop within us. But that constant flushing out of our heart and our circulatory system spiritually of the living Word of God, then from our heart, which is, should be the wellspring of life, the life of Christ pours forth. And so we're able to though not in our human first reaction, but because it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, offer that olive branch of love to someone in need. doesn't matter who they are. Wow, some, uh, some deep water we're getting in here with just a couple, <laughs> a couple verses. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, of the suffering when we embrace. I'm just picturing Jesus, how he's portrayed in the passion of the Christ when after he gets brutally scourged and crowned and the cross is presented to him and how he hug, he embraces the cross, kisses it, I think, if, if I'm remember, remembering that scene correctly. So when we embrace our suffering time, he reminded us that that suffering then becomes a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then we offer that up united with Jesus and that's, what, that's, that's the power. And it brings me back to Thomas, the story of Thomas, that, that Jesus pursued him. Right, he pursued him individually out of love. He pursued Thomas, and once he had that contact with him, he just said, "Thomas, come here." He, first, he offered peace. Right, peace be with you. He didn't chastise him. He didn't, you know, bust his chops. He just said, "Thomas, come here. Put your finger in my nail marks. Put your hand in my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believe, because Jesus knows that belief without belief that leads to trust. Right, we just." Recently came off of Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus, I trust in you. Without belief that leads to trust, how are we going to make sense of the suffering? We won't. Then we'll be tempted to, to turn to God and be like, wag our finger. How could you have done this? You say you're a good God, a loving God. You know, my grandma goes to Mass every day and you made her get cancer. Like without belief that leads to trust, there's no way we can make sense of suffering. 
but with belief. That's why he was pursuing Thomas and he pursues us with belief that leads to trust. Then when our suffering comes, we can then offer it up, turn it into sacrifice for the salvation of souls. Then it makes sense. Then we trust that God can turn all things to good for those who love him. So just like Thomas was pursued by our Lord, our Lord is pursuing us out of love, just saying to each one of us, don't be unbelieving, but believe. Trust me. Trust me. Bring your doubts. Bring your fears. Bring your, you know, just bring, bring them to me. We're called to glory because that glory is going to be is shared with us. And it's not just the glory of heaven. It's the glory we're supposed to demonstrate to the people around us. You know, what I learned through this is the piercing of my heart caused me to weep. And what I heard the still quiet voice of the Lord speak to my heart was this, David, my angels, gather up each and every one of your tears. They are so precious to us. And we take those tears and offer them up as a healing balm to each and every one of those persons who have been wounded. And I'm telling you, when you hear that still quiet voice, it causes a few more tears, but it's so, so precious because in listening to the voice of the Lord in your heart, it's not heard in the wind, in the noise. It's not heard in the television, in, in, in the radio. It's heard in the quiet. So it's so important that that key word in Fathers of St. Joseph, listen. Get yourself disconnected. Get quiet time and be open to hear that still quiet voice because when you hear it, there's no mistaking it. So again, precious moment I wanted to share with our listeners because, boy, I'll tell you what, I didn't understand offering up my suffering, but it made the suffering a whole lot more fruitful when I offered it up and realized it was going to be used as a healing bomb for others. And our, and our battle's not with flesh and blood. <clears throat> so this is absolutely a spiritual battle that we're in, not just talking about your circumstance, but in general, right? This is, a, mm-hmm. this, you know, and we're the prize, right? The evil one will go after... Um, we'll, we'll go after with, with the most vigor what God loves the most. So God loves us the most out of all of his creation. So he's going to go after us, and he's going to use people to hurt people. God ushers his goodness and truth and beauty into the world through people, and the evil one ushers his darkness and evil and hate uh, through, the, through people. So um, I think if we just you know, constantly uh, bathe ourselves in, in the word, especially that section of scripture that talks about you know, that our battle's not flesh and blood, then it, I think, will help us to do what you're saying, David, where we can pray for and offer help to those who are persecuting us, because if we love like God, God loves people. So we have to pray for a deeper love for people, not just people Mm -hmm. like us, not just people, you know, that are all good and and all buttoned up and neat and tidy and clean, but God loves all people. He doesn't want to lose anybody. So we have to pray that he gives us that love for people that will do what's necessary in this spiritual battle on behalf of his kids that he loves so much. And that's the key word, Rob, is that the children is look past and look through the wounds and see the precious little son, the precious little daughter that God created before the world twisted and contorted them. It really, really helps me. And the other piece that I wanted to share is the word sheep as I come to understand, sheep can't defend themselves. Sheep are fully dependent on the shepherd. The shepherd has a, a crozier or a shepherd's staff. That shepherd's staff is meant to keep us sheep in line, do a little bit of correction here, a little bit of correction there, but it's also used to defend the sheep. So I know when I went through everything I went through over the whole Lenten period up until um, Easter Sunday, which is when it sort of kind of ended, I realized that all the Lord asked me to do is stand and hold. He would arm up the people. 
He would bring forth a defense, stand and hold, and let him do the battle. And that that gave me so much so much peace to to be able to do that. But without the Lord, there's no way I would have folded. There's no way. But with the Lord, I know He's using it for my edification and growth, and I know He's using it to touch a whole lot of people. And you know, I was just, I was thinking as you guys were uh, were sharing about this, uh, the point that well, both of you are making, and particularly Rob brought up about you know offering up of our suffering as a sacrifice, and that that's what the Lord desires from us. And you know, it really is not just an offering of a, of a sacrifice, but it's also it's that response that you talked about earlier. It's what He wants from us. It's He wants us to become more like Him. And the more you think about it, the more you think, well, God is love, and God is everything that's good about life and about creation and about all that business. And there is a part of it that's the negation of all that. It's the negative of all that. It's the and in some ways, it's not real because it's not of God. Although it seems real to us and we participate in it, we call it evil or you know whatever name it goes by, but the thing that we're being called to do and the highest good that we can strive for is that sacrificial suffering. And we should, we should work to, you know, if we want to have Christ present with us all the time here in our, our life on this earth, we have to we have to look at our life as not only just a gift from God, but a gift back to God, and at some point a sacrificial gift. That is, we have to look for those opportunities and embrace them when they come. I mean, we don't we don't have to go out and lean into pain and suffering and go out and you know find things to do to you know to make us suffer because they'll find us. We don't have to worry about that. I think it's so important that the grace even came into your mind and your heart to say. We'll cover that anonymously, and we'll take care of that as a gift. That if ever there's a clearer expression of the grace of God, it's that. But the same thing is when we're in difficult situations, when we're struggling, when we're we feel like we're abandoned, like Jesus was on the cross. That the grace of God comes into our heart and says, "I offer it up for you," because that I think really is where we join we join Christ. And we join him in his suffering at the moment he was probably most dear and closest to his father. At that moment where just before he died and he offered himself up finally for all of us. For, and all the things he did, forgave his persecutors, you know, his, his, his torturers. But all that is when we start to approach that and we start to make our life that kind of a sacrifice, I think is where we're really satisfying Jesus' thirst. And this is this is a demanding joy. Uh, just received a, yeah. an email today with a quote from Saint John Paul II, and the email was entitled "A Demanding Joy." And his, his quote is as follows: "We are not looking for a shallow joy, but rather a joy that comes from faith, that grows through unselfish love, that respects the fundamental duty of love of neighbor, without which it would be unbecoming to speak of joy. We realize this joy is demanding." It demands unselfishness. It demands a readiness to say with Mary, may it be done unto me according to your word. Everything that we're talking about is that demanding joy, that even on the cross, Jesus, joy is the gift that only God can give that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. So in the midst of the suffering, if we know that it's part of God's redemptive plan, that joy is still there. Yeah, and I'm still in the first sentence, Rob, because Jesus <laughs> continues, I know them. Jesus knows everything about me. 
He knows my sins. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my heart's desires. He knows that divine intimacy, that deep intimacy, marital intimacy. He knows me. And then here's the key. They follow me. And then my, my, my thought is, am I always every day asking the Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And am I following the Lord in his lead, in his example? Or do I have my busy schedule and my agenda? And do I miss the divine appointments and the God moments because I've, I'm too busy? So for me, you know what? I want to follow the Lord. I want to be led by the Lord. I want to be yoked to the Lord. He's the one that knows the way. He knows the Father's voice. And I want, I want the Father to guide us in the pathway He's prepared for us because that to me is so important. And, and I want to follow the Lord every day. Lord, grant me the grace. Folks who are well-intended could say to us, and, and this just happened to me recently, you know, someone who I truly believe cares for me and loves me, and they said, but, you know, Rob, I, I just, I wish you could just be happy, or I, or I want happiness for you. And I think it was, like, like, like it was there, I think it was well-intended that he wishes the suffering could go away, but didn't see that my happiness isn't dependent upon suffering being here or not, that you know, it's, 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 it's beyond that. So it's just so nice to be able to share with you guys and, and for the listeners out there, um, although we can't hear your responses, we just pray that, that what God is speaking to all of us now about our suffering is, um, is his gift to us, that he wants us to understand that, not to run away from it, uh, but to embrace it. You know, just like Jesus gave some tough teachings. And when he taught about the Eucharist in John chapter 6, People left. They left. And for us, how can we get through suffering without Jesus, especially the Eucharist? All right, David, you know, each day you receive our Lord in the Eucharist. That's gotten you through huh. this, this persecution, right? So um, the temptation is always going to be there to walk away. But let's, let's stay yoked to our Lord, to the Eucharist, to his word, to, you know, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and just trust. You know, in the key sentence here at the end, the Father and I are one. Jesus' prayer in John 17, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me. For me, that's what it's all about, especially as a man. I'm called to be the father, the protector of the family. I'm called to lay down my wife for God's daughter, who's my wife. You know, this is our calling, protector of the family. I cannot let pornography into the home. I've got to protect the children. I've got to woo, cherish, and treasure the heart of my beloved. My wife, God's daughter, God's sister, God's bride, every day. So guess what? I call on the Father. I said, help me, Father. So ladies and gentlemen, let's be the world changers we're called to be. God bless us. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100.
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.